0: What is good, everybody? Welcome, one and all, to TGI Football here on the SB Nation NFL show presented by DraftKings Fantasy Sports. Check out what DraftKings has to offer this season with code SBNFL because life's more fun when you're in on the action. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void or prohibited, see DraftKings.com for details. As noted, this is TGI Football on the SB Nation NFL show that means it is Friday we are your captain speaking my name is RJ Ochoa for blog of the boys his name is Brandon Lee gotten from Bleeding Green Nation and his name is Steven Serta from Arrowhead Pride Steven happy weekend to you
1: happy weekend um trying to think of something like witty to say or or some recommendation or something but i honestly have nothing it's been it's been a long morning.
0: You um you're a big recommendation guy. You've recommended a lot of things for me to watch, Brandon. One of the things Stephen urged me to watch that I'm going to this weekend with my wife is the Barbie movie. Very excited. I haven't seen it. Obviously, drew a lot of positive uh, reviews. Um, do you have any kind of recommendation that you would like to offer us? Could be food, could be wine. Um, you know, could be just general life advice.
2: Me? You want one for me? You're saying
0: that's. What, I mean, <laughs> when I said Brandon, do you have? I mean. That was kind of
2: the I was double checking, B, but you mentioned how good of a recommendation person Steven is, and I wasn't right, sure. Right, to or...
0: set you up. The whole thing was part of the setup, you know.
2: I'm I started, started watching the Super Mario movie on Disney Plus, so I'm excited to finish that. I'm not all the way through.
1: It's Barbie is awesome. If you feel like going to a movie theater this weekend, I think you should go see Godzilla minus one because it's mm. incredible.
2: I like the Godzilla um. movies, but I know this is a different one in terms of like it's not part of the, the monster verse. No, it's
1: a it's an actual Japanese Godzilla movie, right. but it was only supposed to stay in theaters for a week, and they keep extending it because it's doing so well. I've seen it twice now, and it is amazing.
2: Well, and Godzilla's like a bad guy too, like right? Like in, yes. the, in the in the MonsterVerse ones, he's kind of like an anti yeah. hero or hero. they they definitely
1: make you fear Godzilla in this one
2: nice
0: um we will be starting a movie podcast soon enough apparently uh because we we obviously have enough maybe just general pop culture because i think we have enough material uh so be on the lookout for that this one though is dgi football where we are here to uh discuss analyze assess Postmortem, if you will. Uh, Thursday night's game, Thursday night football definitely requires a post-mortem. We will, of course, <laughs> preview all of the Sunday action to come in week 15. It is moving faster and faster and faster. We will also obviously do our pick three segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. But first up, Steven, uh, we dive down into the AFC West where some frauds came up with a mixtape to uh copy the NFC East because they love us so much. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers scored 21 points. Uh, which they may hang their hat on, uh, but they allowed 63 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Your thoughts on the little brothers of the AFC West kind of just, you know, messing with one another uh, while nobody cared. What did
1: it, What is it about scoring zero points the week before and then playing on Thursday night football <laughs> and just going insane? I mean, I guess the Patriots only put up 21 points, but that's kind of an insane offensive performance for the Patriots this season. Um Just a weird game and a crazy game. But it was fun to watch because the blowout was so impressive. Like they're up 42 to nothing at halftime. Um, Just complete and utter domination like Easton stick. We've talked about this season, all these backup quarterbacks that are going to make money and like ensure that they wind up playing several seasons in the NFL based off of the performances that they put together. Eason stick a guy that's been in the league a few years now, but this was his first start. And just, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen such a catastrophic performance from a team. Like it, it was unreal to watch. It was exciting for the Raiders. If you're a Raiders fan, like I, I think that Antonio Pierce is probably locked up that head coaching job. Like I would be really shocked if he, if he isn't their head coach next season because of what he's done. And Their defense has been playing impressively. Aiden O'Connell is still a work in progress, but had a really impressive game last night. Like some of that feels like the Chargers have just mailed it in now because Herbert's done for the year and their season's totally lost. They're going to fire their head coach. Like just a total disaster of a performance. And like the post-game press conference for Brandon Staley, where (laughs) I don't know what reporter it was, but like, Do you think that you deserve to be the head coach? Like, and he's just like, yes. Like, what's he supposed to say in that situation? That's so brutal. (laughs) Like, that's such a brutal question to ask him in that moment where he just got absolutely decimated from start to finish. Just uh, unreal, uh, uh, unreal, devastating loss for the Chargers.
2: Also, the halftime interview going into halftime when he's down 42 to 0, it's like, what do you what do you, what could you even say? Like how could you even talk? What what words are there to I just <laughs> it was really embarrassing and a bad look. And I'll get to the Chargers part in a bit, but I do want to say for the Raiders on their side, uh, I think that's a good point by Steven in terms of Antonio Pierce, especially after not going with Bisaccha, right? Like, don't you have to kind of like because there is like a feeling of, oh, we messed that up. Um, even not not to say that Versace would have been some great head coach, but you didn't lean into that. And there were some good vibes there. You went with Josh McDaniels and went extremely south. Like maybe why not just ride it out with Antonio Pierce here? There are some good vibes. Also, um, <clears throat> look, one team wins the Super Bowl each season. So everyone's going to be disappointed, probably a lot of people, at least at the end. And the Raiders aren't actually contending, but this seems like a fun game. Seems like their crowd was really into just kicking the crap out of a team that's in their division, a division rival, if you will. Might not be lasting joy, but there's fun and just like having a big performance like this. So I guess get on the Raiders for that. Um, but the real story, of course, is the the end. I mean, how is we're recording this at 1127 Eastern on Friday? Like, how is Brandon Staley not fired yet? It's, it's pretty crazy that. Um, we've gotten to this point, and he's still around. I mean, that's just that's just quit. You can't go down or to, to forty two. That's not just like bad coaching or what. Like that's just that's a team quitting.
0: They were also down forty nine to nothing. I mean, you know what I mean. The halftime score was forty two to nothing. I actually uh, jumped in the shower when it was thirty five to nothing at half because I was like, oh okay, like I can take a shower like halftime. And then I got out of the shower. It's like it's it got to forty two before halftime. Like that was pretty crazy. Um, But quickly on the Raiders thing, just to kind of add to both of y'all's thoughts. Um, I think a lot of times we we hold on to history with teams too much, but there's something cool to the Raiders. Like when Antonio Pierce is like, yeah, we want to keep our foot on the gas. Like if any other head coach had said that in that spot, I would have rolled my eyes. But like, for some reason, I allow the characterness of the Raider way uh, to kind of wash over me. Um, and like Max Crosby after the game, like shirtless, smoking a cigar. Like, again, it's a little bit cooler for the Raiders than it is anybody else. So good for them and good for their fans enjoying the night. But yeah, I mean – I think the only way Brandon Staley is still employed right now is like mercy, right? Like what's like, what's the point? Like, you know, like you're going to have Kellen Moore be head coach for three more weeks with Easton stick at quarterback. And like, um, I don't know if this was sarcasm, Steven. I don't know if if you, you know, your sarcasm meter was able to detect it better than I was, but when it was, I think 49 to seven, Austin Eckler uh, signaled for a first down, uh, like powerfully, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, and, Austin Eckler's taken a little bit of heat for being a friend of, by the way, the SB Nation NFL show, Austin Eckler. The interview last week with Stats was great, but um, like, I don't know if that's like trying to be silly and trying to just like enjoy or make fun of yourself because of how bad the game is. Or if that's really serious, like flexing Um, that like, there's a lot that's wrong with the Chargers. And I don't mean Austin Eckler is like a problem with them, but like they have to figure out a lot of different things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's just maybe like a lighthearted thing and just an absolutely awful scenario for Austin Eckler and also really frustrating season for him. Like he has had a down year compared to what you expect from him. He's been banged up, but last night they were really leaning into Isaiah Spiller and Joshua Kelly even before it got out of hand and it got out of hand quick, but they started that game with like this running back by committee and it's like, Eckler's probably sitting there saying, like, Keenan Allen's not even playing tonight. Like, I'm the best offensive player on the field. Like, what is going on? So I don't blame him for that. Just an absolute disaster situation. And the Chargers have are about to go through a complete and total rebuild like they are way over the cap next season they got a bunch of expensive contracts uh to aging veterans that you don't want on a team that you're trying to build around your young quarterback they totally wasted the rookie quarterback window with justin herbert like it, it it's just it, it's gonna be here in a couple of years if the chargers turn this thing around and justin herbert you know, ascends to this elite caliber quarterback that we all believe he is. Like, it, it's going to look, we're going to look back on that and be like, man, like what an insane way to waste the first part of that guy's career, because they have to tear it all down this offseason.
0: BLG, um, let's just for the, purpose of the uh, purposes of this conversation, say that Ben Johnson is like the name, mm-hmm. right? Like he's he's the, the guy who gets to pick, you know, first of all the people who are going to be involved in head coach interviews this offseason. Um, and say the bill's job is available. So you're Ben Johnson. Would you rather have Buffalo's gig or the Chargers gig? Because I think we've all said like, oh, the Chargers gig is going to be the like most desirable because of Justin Herbert. But like, to Stephen's point, it might be weighed down by like all the other crap. And you might, if you have a quarterback option elsewhere, certainly to Josh Allen's you know, qualities, that might be more, you know, interesting on the surface
2: yeah I think I think there's other factors there that don't make it a no-brainer even if you like Herbert a lot and say he's like the best you know if if you like him as much as RJ does and you can't criticize him at all I I think you know just because you're like you're the secondary team in that market and there's questions about you know the owner and the functionality there and it's just kind of like you know a joke of a fan base in terms of you don't have like a real home field advantage. There's like a lot of stuff there that's unserious for the chargers, um, which is not entirely, you know, it's not just the fans fault. It's, you know, how things went in terms of relocating the team. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I was just going to ask both of you. I was like, who is their head coach next year? Because I don't, I don't think Ben Johnson goes there. Um, Does Bill Belichick go there? Like, I, I don't a know. That's
1: disaster scenario. <laughs> you know, I would feel so bad for Herbert. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think Belichick could still be a decent head coach, but he's got no business being in charge of the personnel. And I think that's what he's gonna want.
2: They have to hire an offensive guy too, right? Like they have to. Like they can't you can't do another defensive coach.
0: I think that it might like all the defaults might lend to Kellen Moore's advantage because what, what is the stat at this point that Justin Herbert's had like seven offensive coordinators in his last like eight years of football. And so like, you know, you almost have to, in some ways keep Kellen Moore around so that the drop off Mm -hmm. isn't, you know, so dramatic in in terms of him having to learn an entirely new offense. Although to the general point, if, if Eckler's gone, if Mike Williams is gone, if Keenan Allen's gone, you know what I mean? Like if there is this reset, like, you know, you've kind of got to reset anyway, but um Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I mean, so we agree, like, the Bills job would be more desirable to some degree. Steven, if you're Ben Johnson, again, in this hypothetical, and Mike Tomlin's gone, would you rather be the Steelers head coach? With, like, the football culture and prowess, you know what I mean? And, and seemingly, like, ownership backing and things like that. Our yeah, coach job Robert.
2: security. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean. I mean. If I go in there knowing that, like, I can move on from Kenny Pickett, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's baked into this, baby. You're good, <laughs> okay. Then, yeah, I would probably rather have that job. Um, like for the charge, I it, it's still a really enticing job, especially if they if they tear it all down and fire their general manager and just say we got to commit to this whole thing. But I, I'm still not totally sold that the chargers think they're there yet, like. Like they might still think that, uh well, if we get a new staff in here, we can kind of retool the roster and, and try to put this thing together. Like, no, this thing needs to be totally rebuilt from the ground up. Like you have failed your franchise quarterback and it is time for you to get a new regime in there and, and totally retool this entire organization. Like it, it's that bad. Like, and it's just so frustrating for a player, of the caliber of Justin Herbert, because you wasted so many years with uh, that offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, who everybody knew was terrible. And then you give Brandon Staley this one more year for whatever reason, like why Coming didn't F- you have like,
2: or, you know, yeah, yeah.
1: Like all the signs were there that that was a bad decision. And so you just have this totally wasted year that everybody's going to remember all of the injuries and now this this blowout loss to the raiders on thursday night football in week 15 is going to be all anyone remembers from this season about the los angeles chargers like hmm. B- it, it's it, yep. i i ahead. agree that i agree that the bills job is probably more desirable but if i were ben johnson and, and they say like Yeah, we're 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 scrapping everything. You're you're in charge of this. We're going to bring in a new general manager. We're going to try to get this thing right. Like we saw how fast the Texans turned things around. And, you know, some of that CJ Stroud's been incredible, but you can do it if you have smart people making the decisions. And I don't think that they have smart
0: people making the decisions right now. Last thing on the Chargers, because we have no buys and a lot of games to get to BLG. Mm -hmm. I asked um, Mark and JP this on a recent episode of Monday Football Monday, if you're a Chargers fan. And I think a lot of people were probably upset that they brought Staley back after the playoff collapse last year. um, And that obviously looks even worse in hindsight. But do you not? And we had all talked about like that night, like, oh, this is Sean Payton's job. Right. Like, again, you know, almost a year ago. If you're a Chargers fan, like, and I, we, the three of us have all said what we have about Sean Payton, but, like, how can you not feel like that you would rather live sure. in that reality? You know what I mean? Especially based on – he's proving to be – you know, I, again, I, I don't want to give Sean all the flowers, but we have to give him some flowers for what he's done with Denver this yeah. year. Like, you know, like, you have to wish that, like – and that's, that's a sunk fallacy cost that the Chargers married themselves to.
2: <clears throat> again i don't know if they could have gotten him you know what i mean i don't know that they have the pool i like with ben johnson i just think you know the panthers have an owner who's willing to spend a ton of money specifically mm-hmm. on coaching staffs that's what he did with frank Reich's staff and then obviously eat the money when he wasn't happy with what happened i just like i don't even know if the Chargers like have that kind of willingness to spend or the or the you know um they just don't have the, the moxie the gumption well, the credibility, like they're just, again, an unserious, they're viewed as an unserious franchise. And I think it's going to be hard for them to land like that big fish as much as they, maybe they just have to, not even because it's good for continuity, but because they can't get anyone else to hire um, uh, or promote Kellen Moore or go after some kind of lesser known candidate. And that can work out. Um, You know, there's certainly, there's been hires that haven't been hope high profile hires that have worked out, but it's not a good feeling in the moment. Mm, it's amazing that the Raiders scored 63 points and had
0: all these good vibes, and that the Chargers were so bad that, like, that dominated the entire conversation. So, uh, kudos to them, I suppose.
1: Pick me. One, two, three. Pick one.
0: On three. Pick three,
1: presented by DraftKings Sportsbook.
0: Um, all right, it is time for our Pick 3 segment, which is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gentlemen, like Cersei in Game of Thrones, I have my bell, and I'm here to ring shame. Um, I I peed into the wind. Steven said, these anytime touchdown props, they're not a good idea. And I leaned on one last week with Brandon Ayuk, and I failed us. Uh, we did not hit the same-game parlay specifically because of me. This week, we are heading to Orchard Park for the Dallas Cowboys, visiting the Buffalo Bills. Steven, um, you hit last week, but you are still not our leader this year. Brandon, you stand alone with an 8-6 and six record on same-game parlay picks. What are you doing this week, and what? When, I thought you said Steven. Brandon, you are our leader in
2: same game parlay pictures. Yeah, but you this also week. said Steven's name in there. Again, I did, the-
1: but when he said you were the leader of the standings, I took it as like that's a toss to you. I mean, all right. Well,
2: you gotta keep. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm
0: this point guard with these insane handles, and then like I dish it out to you, and you're just like standing there, and the ball hits the crowd.
2: In both of these throws to me, you have said Stephen's name, which is not
0: playing team basketball right now. Like, keep your eyes. You're James Harden. That's that's who you are right
2: now. (laughs) Oh no, definitely don't want to be compared to that. Um, I'm actually gonna go with a over on a. 0.5 0.5 Dak Prescott interceptions. He has not had an interception in his last four games, including the win over the Eagles. And I think he's due. Uh, a lot of uh, it's funny because a lot of Cowboys fans, this is a very personal one because a lot of Cowboys fans found a tweet that I had from earlier in the season that I had cited that Dak said he wasn't going to throw 10 interceptions this year. That wasn't time, a real quote. Huh?
0: That wasn't a real Dak quote. That's what it a, was.
2: Th- no, that wasn't a real quote.
0: I told you then, and I also quoted your tweet this week. Um, that was a uh, misinterpretation. He said he won't have any tipped interceptions. Again, this was back in the summer, and that mm. was clarified. But but NFL aggregators, I don't say that in a super negative way, uh, but NFL aggregators ran with the 10 interceptions line. That never happened. He literally never said that line.
2: Mm. Well... I think he's going to (laughs) throw an interception this week against the Bills who are surging. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to take the over on that. I mean, again, he's due. And the Bills, they can make some plays in their secondary. And uh, I think the Cowboys are going to have to throw the ball a lot anyway. And he's going to turn it over. So, boom, suck it. (laughs)
0: Stephen um thank you for listening and paying attention and knowing what is and isn't a real quote um even though you're in last place in the same game parlay picks I will be very specific and literal what is your leg for this week's same game parlay
1: I chose Tony Pollard over 60 plus alternate rushing yards um that's where you can really find success against this Bill's defense. Um, You know, their secondary has been up and down, but it has stabilized a little bit since they traded for Rasul Douglas. Uh, So like, I, I don't think, you know, the Cowboys are still going to be able to pass and, and do what they want for the most part in this game, but their run defense is not good in Buffalo. And, and we've seen a, a lot of running backs have success against them this year. So I just feel like it, it, it's a safe bet that Tony Pollard, even though he's not having like the best year of his career or anything, I feel like he's safe to get 60 plus rushing yards against this Bill's defense.
0: I think that's a really good leg, Stephen. The Cowboys have wanted to kind of work on their run game, uh, obviously in preparation for the playoffs. I could totally see Tony Pollard getting fed enough opportunities at the very least uh, to deliver on that. Um, and again, yours wasn't born out of a lie uh which random's was so you know in that sense it also stands on its own as well um i'm taking a, a prop that i don't think any of us have taken this year uh, i'm taking the buffalo bills to lose a fumble and we'll obviously preview and discuss the game in a little bit um, but josh allen is a chaotic runner um obviously and the cowboys forced three fumbles last week against the philadelphia eagles and not just you know three fumbles but against three incredible players um uh, so i could totally see the cowboys poking one out or maybe even it's just like a a miss handoff situation um i like these odds uh again all i gotta do is get one fumble so i will certainly take that that is at plus 140 the longest odds of any of our props brandon what is our cumulative same game parlay or steven do you have it it's plus 600 yeah plus 600 so what does that mean brandon Means if you put down $10, you would uh, profit $60. Okay. What would you buy with
2: $60? A hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Uh, well done. Respect. That is our same game parlay, our pick three segment brought to you by our friends at DraftKings.
3: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
0: All right, the time has come to discuss all of the Week 15 Saturday and Sunday games. There Mm. are no buys, which means we are going to need to use our zaps. Uh, If you are unfamiliar with that, we each have the right to zap somebody else on a team (laughs) who they do not cover and if you get zapped, you do not get to offer any real input on the game. You just tell us who you are picking. Uh, no real why associated with that. We will also each uh, acknowledge our lock of the week. We will lock up one team relative to the spread. Brandon, uh, you are 10-3-1 after successfully locking up the Dallas Cowboys last week. But you're a mere peasant compared to Steven, who is 12 and 12-2 in the locks competition this week. I am a measly 5-9. and 9. Um, I say measly. I have a friend whose last name is Measles. I've always thought that that Mm. would have been a difficult thing to overcome in life. Yeah. Uh, When he and his uh, now wife got engaged uh, at their engagement party, people were calling her Mrs. Chickenpox. I thought that was really clever. Uh, Did he ever get the measles? I don't know. Um, He's he's a pretty healthy guy. Um, So um, Mm. I would imagine that he probably had it at one point. But um, yeah. So uh, love you, Josh. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Or let's start. uh, uh, I mean, you don't know his full legal name. You know what I mean? Maybe Josh (laughs) is a pet name. Uh, anyway, uh, Saturday, uh, we start with our, our Saturday games, obviously. The Minnesota Vikings will be visiting the Cincinnati Bengals, who are three-point standard straight-up home field favorites. BLG, your thoughts on the Bengali Tigers?
2: You said no buys this week, and that is true. No buys left until the first-round playoff buy. Um, also,
0: by the way, this moved to three-and-a-half. Thank you, Steven.
2: Oh, wow, okay. Um, <clears throat> when there's three teams on a buy, be a, a buy-buy-buy, be the in-sync week but we are not an in sync week because I don't think no they ever
0: do. Th- you couldn't do three teams.
2: Anyway, do you, do you, do you understand uh, how, how
0: like the idea anyway, of games
2: work anyway? uh I made this my lock of the week. I guess I have to take it three and a half. Now Jake Browning kind of play a little bit. And the Vikings are starting Nick Mullins, who I watched once upon a time in Eagles training camp. And he looked pretty. We well, actually looked, decent in practice and then he looked awful in the preseason games so um yeah I think this is a big quarterback disparity here and Bengals have some fight to them I mean Jake Browning's part of that obviously him playing well but the team seems not ready to just give up on the season even though Joe Burrow isn't there and by the way the Jake Browning success kind of makes it A little bit like regrettable i think for the Bengals that they were so insistent on playing joe burrow you know earlier in the year when like he clearly was hurt like it might have been good to let him rest a little bit and give him some time to get a little bit you know fully healthy now obviously it's easier to say in hindsight but you know that is the disadvantage sometimes of you know having a player play through injury like that and had they done that um they're probably you know better than seven six right now they might be one just one win better but still um that would be pretty helpful as they're fighting for one of these wild card spots in the AFC. But in any case, uh Vikings are in you know a nice cute little moment there with Josh Dobbs, but now he's down to the third string quarterback and Nick Mullins isn't any good. And Jake Browning's better. So give me the Bengals as my lock of the week. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna go with Cincinnati here. And yeah, Jake Browning has been really impressive over the last couple of weeks. Uh credit to Zach Taylor and that coaching staff, like really leaning into Uh, what he can do Um, it it would be nice to see them make those kinds of adjustments all the time I don't know why it took like a desperation kind of thing for them to actually adjust their offense a little bit but the Bengals are are on a streak right now and the Vikings are just playing really bad and uh, Josh Dobbs was fun for a few weeks and now it's kind of been a disaster and this is just I don't really know why they decided to make it public that like, oh yeah, he's, he's been so bad that he's the third string quarterback. Now, Jaron Hall is going to back up Nick Mullins. Like that, that's a team that is just desperate to try to keep something positive in this season. And, Justin Jefferson says he's going to play this week, which at this point in the season and the way his year is gone, I don't even think that they should play him honestly, because he's the most important player that you have on your team probably. Um, But it sounds like he's going to be available. So if Justin Jefferson can actually make it through this game, like it's a decent opportunity. Cincinnati secondary hasn't been particularly good this season, but I just think the Bengals are hot right now. And the Vikings defense I, I think we'll give Jake Browning some issues though, that Brian Flores defense has been playing really, really well. So it's interesting. And, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if Jake Browning winds up having kind of a bad game just against that blitz heavy attack. But I still think at the end of the day, the Bengals are just a better coach team right now and they're playing better. So I'll go with Cincinnati.
0: I think everything you both said is really strong and wise. Um, I'm very proud to work with both of you. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, but I agree with you, Steven, um, especially, especially, like a week and a half after the jets were so or two weeks or whatever after they were so like publicly like oh zach wilson is third string like he's not even going to be inactive and then they had to go like crawling back to him like why would you ever do this like you know to anyone like it's, it's so stupid it's 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 peeing into the wind truly um and again like I mean no disrespect to Nick Mullins but like you might as well just play Jaron Hall at this point you know what I mean like it's it's especially if Justin Jefferson is going to play because I mean I think we're kind of back on Justin Jefferson watch right like potentially want out of Minnesota in the offseason I know that the last six weeks or whatever maybe kind of rekindled some love or whatever um I, I really love the Vikings, and I would love to pick them and love to believe, but I just can't. I mean, I I, I really am so impressed by the Bengals. Like I said it before, if there is a, a true Goonies, never-say-die squad in the NFL, it is Zach Taylor, Cincinnati Bengals. They have become so amazing under him, and it's kind of cool to watch them be that way without Joe Burrow. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I would rather watch Joe Burrow, but, like, I mean, it's really, really impressive. So um, I'm going to take the Bengals. That's a really good lock, BLG, even though you had to move up a point. Um, So kudos. Good job. Uh, Next up on Saturday, the Pittsburgh Steelers are visiting the Indianapolis Colts. I believe, yes, this line is still Indianapolis uh, favored by one and a half at home. Um, I think the Colts are kind of or were kind of the Vikings of the AFC where we kind of let ourselves get roped into it a week, you know, a few weeks in a row. They had, you know, some some cute moments. Um, Now, I'm not super down on the Colts. I think they could still be a playoff team potentially. Uh, I don't think losing to the Bengals who we just threw flowers at is a super embarrassing thing, but I do think that we're overreacting a little bit to the Steelers and last week's loss against New England. I'm not big on the Steelers. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but like we're acting like they're trash and they're garbage. They've had a week and a half, and if anybody uh, has earned our trust to kind of pick things back up with a week and a half to rest and prepare for uh, not necessarily super talented quarterback in Gardner Minshew, it's Mike Tomlin. So I'm going to lock up the Pittsburgh Steelers because I'm getting points. Uh, So that's where I'm going. Steven, what do you have to say about that?
1: I don't think we're overreacting to the Steelers losing. Wow.
0: You're done talking. They, they also lost to the Cardinals the week before. That's not important. All right. So they've they they've had to sit on this for even longer. All right. This is brewing. It's
1: I, I don't know. Every time I want to believe in the Steelers and like, I, I want to make it clear. Like I, I've never at any point this season, even after the, the 400 yards, 16 point performance that they put up after they fired Matt Canada. Like, I was never in on them on offense and and Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky or whatever, but the defense was winning them games early in the season and the defense isn't doing that now. And then they had the weird concussion stuff with TJ Watt this week, where it seemed like he clearly had a concussion in that game against the Patriots and they put him back in anyways. And I, I just, I don't really like the vibes uh, around the Mm. Pittsburgh Steelers right now. And yeah, the Colts are coming off of a tough loss and they're up and down and they got Gardner Minshew. But I kind of like their coaching staff more right now and really what they put together defensively. So I'm going to go with the Colts in this one. I just don't have a lot of faith in the Steelers right now.
2: I'm actually with RJ on this one in that um I'm comparing here the Steelers to Tobias Harris, a Sixers player, for those unfamiliar, wow. where when Tobias plays bad, it's like well, this is frustrating but you know he's going to normalize and play better but also it works the other way when he's playing well it's like well you know this isn't going to last He's going to come back down so there's just something stabilizing like that with the steelers where for as much as they struggled recently it just doesn't feel very steelers just for them to continue to struggle here and conversely had they you know won a couple games so it's like well they're not going to continue to stay this hot i think there's just kind of a, a really um regress to the middle kind of team and important game, um, the Steelers are six currently in the AFC playoff picture with the Colts right under them at seven. And I guess I just trust the Steelers more in this situation to know like, this is a really important game and they need this to make sure they're still in the wild card picture here and and have that tiebreaker over the Colts, which would be really big. So I just think they've kind of been there before a little bit more than this Colts team has. And I'll give them the benefit of the doubt, especially if I'm getting a point in the half. Steven,
0: put your jacket on. Fun fact about
2: the icebox. Winter is
0: coming. Burr! I'm in the box. You know, at the end of time, if we've ever accomplished anything, it's that we created the icebox together. So you know, <laughs> good for us. Um, Saturday night, the Denver Broncos, Stephen, are visiting the Detroit Lions. The Lions, I don't know that they've been humbled because I don't know that anybody really cares. Um, like, I think the Lions are that team that, that people enjoy when they're good and kind of you know, put the toy away somewhere else whenever they're disappointing them. Like they have been a little bit as of late. I know they obviously bounced back last week, but um still, I, I mean, I'm not in I'm, as well. I'm picking the Lions here, but, um but the Broncos are, are kind of cute in their own right. Yeah, this is actually
1: a tough game for me to pick because Denver, the biggest thing that's changed for them is they've been on this win streak because their defense is playing really well. Like it is, Nowhere near that team that gave up 70 points to the dolphins. Like they've been legitimately good over this winning streak and Detroit, like all of the red flags that I had about them all season long on the defensive side of the ball. Like that's, what's been holding them back recently. Like they don't generate a lot of pressure up front because they don't have a particularly talented defensive line outside of Aiden Hutchinson and their secondary is not very good. And then when Jared Goff, uh doesn't play well the offense doesn't look good and credit to the bears because the bears defense is kind of flying under the radar right now but they've been playing really well and they totally shut down this high-powered lions offense last week and I i think that's kind of been more of a theme than we want it to be with the lions recently where jared goff seems to really be struggling as these defenses are really clamping down on the lions offense um but it is at home. Traditionally, Goff is better at home in the Dome than he is on the road outside in the weather and the elements and all of that stuff. So I I think I'm going to go with the Lions here, but I think it's a really close game. So I'll, I'll take the Lions, but I think Denver can. can. Uh, I'll, I'll take Denver with the points. though.
2: Yeah, I'm also taking the points. I'll take the Lions to win, but I think the Broncos can make it close. I think it will be uh, a very close game at the end a thriller if you will i think russ is going to have success against that secondary which anyone is having success against right now and ultimately i think the lions pull it out at home i just i can't give the broncos the benefit of the doubt in that regard to go out and get the win in this spot but i don't think the lions deserve the benefit of the doubt to cover so that's why i take the four and a half
0: I do think this is a potential like fantasy playoff um, sinking shit game. Like if you've got a Monra St. Brown or Jameer Gibbs or something like that, or maybe you're starting Jared Goff. Like I, I, I could see this being like the game that sinks you. I don't know. Steven, are, you have a Monra, right? Uh, yes, but I did not make
1: the playoffs with that team. Wow. And wow. I have Sam Laporta super- in a couple of leagues that are still alive. So,
0: mm. Well, we'll see. Um, Okay, let's move on to Sunday. Steven, the Kansas City Chiefs are headed to Foxborough, and they Mm. are now eight-point favorites. Um, The three of us haven't spoken together since the Chiefs whined and complained and made themselves the current villains of the NFL. Um, So your overall thoughts on what has been, I guess, maybe the darkest week in that sense in the Patrick (laughs) Mahomes era for the Chiefs? um and also your thoughts on travis kelsey prioritizing practicing for this game ahead of attending his girlfriend's 34th birthday party i'm sure kelsey will spend plenty of time with
1: taylor swift in the offseason um (laughs) the nfl schedule and things are bad right now for the kansas city chiefs so uh shout out travis kelsey for prioritizing uh the the business and the job uh, ahead of the relationship but no, it's been really hard to get up for this game, to be totally honest. I know the Patriots are coming off the big win over the Steelers. And the conversations like I think I've probably done less breakdown this week than I have of any Chiefs opponent all season long, because all we've been talking about is it hmm. is the blow up at the podium and Mahomes like being emotional for the first time ever in his career because things are are just trending in the wrong direction and they're just not working no matter what he tries to do and it just seems like that's going to wind up uh making them fall short this season uh at the end of the day i, I don't think that bailey zappy is going to be able to do anything against the chiefs defense so i i think the chiefs are going to win it's my lock of the week i think they will cover and bounce back and look a little bit better but I think we just have to adjust our expectations for this team moving forward if you haven't already, because this isn't a team that's going to go out here and drop 35 points in New England. Like, If they get to 21 these days, I'm like, yes, that's enough. 21 points, your defense will do enough, especially against Bailey's happy. So I think the Chiefs win pretty easily in this game. Overall, not a great week. Not feeling super confident about the Chiefs right now.
0: I guess, sorry, what was your take, Stephen, just for the NFL show audience Mm -hmm. to hear on blow up? I mean, because it feels like there's been a split reaction among Chiefs media members and fans. Like, I feel like maybe 70% are in agreement with the original point, whereas 30% are like, okay, this is embarrassing. Like, don't be be doing this, please.
1: I think it was kind of a culmination of everything. It was the second week in a row that a penalty critical moment in the game, Mahomes asked about it at the podium, like, I, I think hmm. he's just really frustrated and part of him maybe would like to lash out at the teammates that are dragging him down this season, but he won't do that. So instead he decided to lash out at the referees, which I, I think is a loser thing to do. I don't think you should do that. And he immediately backtracked and like apologized to Josh Allen. Andy Reed even lashed out at the referees like. It's just bad right now. And I think the Chiefs don't have answers on how to fix this. Like, this is a team that has turned the football over in all but two games the entire season this year. Like, it's not getting better. And I think this is the offense. So we can stop trying to project them to like turn things around and all of a sudden they're going to be this Chiefs offense that we're used to. No, this is who they are this season. And I still think in the AFC, they're, they're still going to be competitive and they can still potentially win the AFC but it's going to be a lot tougher this season because this is just who the
2: chiefs are. When Andy Reid had that comment, you know, so having someone being someone who's, you know, seen a lot of Andy Reid press conferences and knowing him pretty well, like that was pretty alarming to me. That's like, okay, the chiefs are shook. If you're getting to a point where Andy is saying something like critical of the refs, like that's not good. Um that said, I think the chiefs are going to kind of cha- channel this anger and use it in a positive way as opposed to letting it break them and I think they'll beat the patriots in cover i will say the the funniest thing from the holmes thing um was like like impacting travis kelsey's hall of fame legacy because that play didn't, it's like
3: i, I think travis kelsey's good. gonna be okay i
2: think, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, oh he was so close to making the hall of fame with just that one play um which by the way was obviously very cool undeniably and it's something that travis kelsey talks about a lot um on his podcast and elsewhere, like practice doing laterals and practice and stuff, just having fun like that. I do think he's right. That's like, it's an underutilized play in the NFL. It's a market inefficiency. There should be more laterals. They're fun. Um, it's just tough that it didn't work out in that case, but yeah, give me the chiefs. It's
1: for, for chief fans. All I'll say about the play too, is if we come out of this season, that being the thing that everybody points back to and remembers from this year, it's a disaster season for the chiefs, mm-hmm. a play that didn't even count.
0: I agree that it was seemingly a culmination of things like I also I don't think that the bills are a rival to the Chiefs you could tell me if you disagree Stephen but like the fact that it happened against the bills of all teams like was a little annoying like you know and again like the sequence of events and sequence of games but um obviously kind of some loser energy from Mahomes and Reed that they seemingly have walked it back um if this was a team with like a moderate pulse I would certainly take the points um and I would think about taking them but like if there is a true get right opportunity that landed at the perfect moment for the chiefs, it's this game against the Patriots. I kind of disagree with you. I could totally see like 35 points. Like, again, not saying that would, everything would be back and fixed, but like, again, if it were going to happen against anyone in this moment, it would be against these Patriots, especially Belichick coming off of all the like week long rumors about craft being out on him. Like um, they might be in, in some serious Chargers territory of quit, but
2: um, this was the game. I is. got flexed off on of Monday night football, by the way. Yes. Thank goodness. You kickoff. kick off. Of
0: Woo. Uh, BLG, the New York Jets are coming off of a win and Zach Wilson coming off of an AFC Offensive Player of the Week performance after Robert Sala came groveling back and begged him to play for him. Uh, they are headed down to Miami to play the Dolphins, who are now nine and a half point favorites. That line moved one point since uh, we initially wrote these down, despite the fact, Brandon, that Tyreek Hill not expected to practice on Friday, which hasn't technically happened in our real time. Um, it seems doubtful that Tyreek Hill is going to play, uh, mm. but that doesn't necessarily seem like it's going to be enough to overwhelm the Dolphins, despite their collapse on Monday Night Football.
2: I mean, I'm still leaning the Dolphins here. Zach Wilson having a, people are so ready after any kind of like Zach Wilson semi, like like slight heartbeat on the radar performance to be like, well maybe well maybe there is something here that happened against the Chiefs. Remember earlier this year when he had like he played he, he kinda outplayed Mahomes. Not in like and then an Mahomes benefited day. from
0: a call at the end and had no issues with it whatsoever.
2: Right. Well neither did <laughs> he in Super Bowl uh the Super Bowl earlier this year. So uh <clears throat> anyway, uh yeah, I am not trusting the Jets in Zach Wilson yet. So uh the 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 number worries me. Big number and everything, especially if Tyreek's not there. But I'm going to lead in Dolphins.
1: Yeah. I I don't know if I'm going to take the nine and a half. I think Miami still wins this game if Tyreek Mm -hmm. doesn't play. But it's, we saw last week when he was out of that game. Like it's, he's just so important to how that offense moves the football. And, they were really struggling to move it when he was out of the game. like he had to come back in limping around the field just to create a couple of big plays for them. Um, Devon Achan, also super questionable. It seems like he's going to practice today, but he hasn't practiced all week. Still dealing with that knee injury, I guess. So they also just placed their starting center on injured reserve this week. Like Miami is, is getting really banged Mm. up and it's kind of been my fear about them all season long that, I, I think they lack the physicality of some of these other playoff teams. And it's something that we've seen when they've gone up against these playoff caliber teams. But at the end of the day, I, I think Miami's defense will still give Zach Wilson enough problems that they're they're gonna win this football game. I just don't know that they can put up win it by more than nine and a half points without Tyreek Hill
0: on this one. Yeah, I think this is a a big moment for Tua. Right. Um, in terms of narrative, if if anybody cares, like Tua still needs a contract extension. You know what I mean? We kind of forget about that. Like if there's a team that like is sneakily gonna move on from a quarterback in the offseason, could it not be Miami? Um, and so if Tyreek's not there and it's like you can't get it done without Tyreek, it's like, well, what, like what are you? Are you just Tyreek's quarterback? Um, you know, and against the Jets defense, I realize that's a difficult task, but um, I'm with you both. I think we're all taking the points, but taking the Dolphins. Um As you know obviously the Cowboys visit Miami next week. I'm very interested to see the Dolphins and like what they do look like because I agree with you, Stephen. They seem to be taking on a little bit of water, but um, I guess we'll see. Uh, Brandon, the Tommy DeVito led New York Giants are visiting the New Orleans Saints on Sunday.
2: The we Saints are favored
0: by five points in this game.
2: That's actually down from what I saw it today. It, it six. was six, yeah. So that tells you something, baby. Uh, <laughs> I think the Giants won this outright. They've won their last three. I think they have the vibes going in their favor. I think there's an energy, there's a spark there that I think is real. There was some uh, a good article on Big Blue View. Shout out to our friend Ed Valentine, who uh polled some you know, film guys, including our own uh, Mark Schofield here at the SB Nation NFL show and espionation.com. Like, is this real? Is any or, or what level of Tommy DeVito playing well is real? And what a lot of those, uh, quote-unquote, QB experts had to say was his pocket management is really good, and that's something that can sustain itself. So, you know, I don't think uh, Tommy Cutlets here is the next great thing at quarterback, but I do think there is something to him playing well, and the Saints stink, and I think he can go in there on the road and deliver a fourth straight win for the Giants. I'll take the Giants outright, so I'll especially take them plus five.
1: Yeah, I'm riding the wave. I'm going with the Giants here. It's just it's so fun when NFL teams stumble into these things and and a player like Tommy DeVito comes out of nowhere and is just playing better than Daniel Jones, who they way overpaid for some reason. And it's just one of the coolest things that we get to witness in the NFL every year. So I am in on the Giants. Their defense has been playing much better. And We see every week like I know the Saints are coming off of a win, but that's against the Panthers like the the literal worst team in the Mm. NFL and the vibes around the Saints are terrible like everyone on that team clearly hates Derek (laughs) and it's apparent every single week Chris Olave also has been missing a bunch of practice this week and might not even be available while he's dealing with an ankle injury like. I don't like anything the saints are doing right now. And I love everything that the giants are doing. So I I am in, I I want them to keep this winning streak alive as long as possible.
0: I do worry that we're um, maybe too drunk on the Tommy DeVito thing and whatever. (laughs) But um, again, I, I really trust the saints to not, you know, bite us. Uh, So I'm with you both taking the points, obviously taking the giants outright. Clean sweep for the Giants, I think, for the first time on the NFL show this year. Um, I apologize that we have to deviate from predicting games for a moment. I don't know if either of you have seen this. Brandon Mm. mentioned the time that we're recording this. In real time, it was just reported by everyone that the Los Angeles Chargers have fired Brandon Staley Mm. and Tom Telesco. Uh, So a full... That's significant. That one, it was, yeah. A full cleaning of house, uh, head coach out, GM out, Steven... um, I mean, again, not that this is like shocking and that it happened. I guess the Telesco thing is because he has survived so much turnover and change at, at the head coaching position yeah. and, you know, across the roster. But um, if you're going to do it, you have to, you know, you have to purge, you have to, you know, reset everywhere. And the no Chargers, yeah, the Chargers seem committed to finally doing that. It's gr- incredible news. For
1: Chargers fans, I know there's only a few of them out there, but if you like Justin Herbert and, and the Chargers, this is incredible news. This is exactly what they needed to do, and mm-hmm. it should have happened earlier. To be totally, it should have happened before this season even started. The, the fact yes. that he got another year after that playoff loss is absolutely ridiculous.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Are you, All right, are you, do you have a thought, Brandon? Or I mean, no. As a, I as a fellow Brandon, I said earlier I said I mean, earlier in the show, how did he still have a job? And turns out he doesn't anymore. And yeah, what
0: was, I was thinking about this on Thursday night. Um, And I mean, none of us, you know, the three of us at least um follow the Chargers like super closely, but like, what was the like signature moment of the Staley era? Like what, what was like the win? You know what I mean? Like, can you think of like, and I'm not saying that this answer doesn't exist, I but I, I couldn't was, think of it myself.
2: It was earlier on, like, cause he, you know, remember he originally had like some coach of the year buzz, like early in 2021. I think they, they beat the chiefs, right? In, yeah. They beat the chiefs in Kansas city. Yeah. Was that yeah, like, like in yeah, week okay. two or something that. like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And he I mean, was that's... early on. He was like analytics guy. Everybody was <laughs> falling in love with him at the podium because he was aggressive. And then like it failed enough that he totally abandoned it and got scared mm. of it. And I and that's when you could see it all just nose diving. But for some reason, he got like two extra years on top of it.
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking – like, in 2021, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead in week three. Um, Cool. Um, They beat the Bengals, you know, but that was the Bengals, you know, kind of rise year. Um, You know, we we didn't, like, respect the Bengals the way we do now. Um, I mean, just a really lost time uh, for the Chargers. Like, I just – I don't know. I mean, and I was going to say this last week, but DLG's at me. Like, I think Brandon Staley has lost so much luster that, like, are you, you know, like, sometimes when a, somebody like this is fired, you're like, oh, they'd make a great offensive coordinator, a great defensive coordinator, right? Like, they just mm-hmm. weren't cut out for this. Like, do you, like, are you like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I, I hope Brandon Staley is the defensive coordinator for my team. You know what no, I mean? Like, he, you can't feel it's that just way.
2: like Ben McAdoo. Like, McAdoo. Obviously, McAdoo, right. McAdoo, I think, eventually did become again, but it, it took a while. There was, like, a little bit of a just gone from the league. Yeah. I think he's going to be out of
1: the league or he's going to pop up
2: on some bad
1: division 1 college staff or something like
2: that. Or I think he might go back to the Rams. That's pretty I think that's in play. I think McVay could rehire him. It's crazy to say that like his NFL
0: future is so like, you know, DOA. He's 41 years old. I mean, like, like he's what? so young. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's just I mean, and maybe he just kind of needs some time to like let all this fade. And and it fades fast. But um mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he's He's got to let the heat dissipate, I think, right now. So, But I think – I never feel comfortable celebrating people losing their jobs. But you had to reset all the way. So Tom Telesco being fired. Like, again, what was – like, Justin Herbert is awesome. But, like, what was the last great Chargers draft pick in general? I mean, like, even, you know – Joey Bosa is great, but like he has missed so much time. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's tough. Like, I know we were all kind of in on Asante Samuel Jr., he's kind of hit or miss. The Derwin James contract has aged kind of poorly. Kenneth Murray hasn't been a great first-round pick. Rashawn mm. Slater's dealt with injuries, and that's unfortunate. But like the construction of the, like, people, and this take has been floating around a little bit more, Stephen, but like the Chargers are not the like sex appeal team that that like Twitter thinks they are. You know, the, mm. the talent isn't exactly the way we hype it up to be.
1: Yeah, they've they've drafted poorly. They've invested poorly and in high dollar free agents. And, you know, they they paid their own guys, I guess, and like Bosa and Mike Williams. But Mike Williams, I, I think, is a fine player when he's on the field and healthy. He's just never been healthy. And, you know, Keenan Allen is great, but Keenan Allen is old now. And Keenan Allen is, is at the back end of his career and. They just haven't made good decisions in roster construction. They haven't drafted well. They haven't spent their money well. Like they in no way capitalized on that rookie quarterback contract window Mm. with Justin Herbert. Like that, that's you, you have an opportunity to maximize your potential in those windows and they did not maximize anything. They just wasted the window altogether. And now this narrative around Justin Herbert is bad because of all of the, all of the missteps of the organization.
0: Um, I do think the Chargers did this right. Like, if you're the team that's on the edge with this, and you lose the Thursday night game, that's when you gotta fire your head coach. Like, BLG and I have talked about the Commanders not doing that with Ron Rivera earlier this season or after Thanksgiving. Like, you have to take it. Like. I don't believe in Kellen Moore as a head coach right now, certainly. But if and, uh, it's still unknown who's going to be the interim, but like you have to get a look. Like you're just you're literally wasting time if you don't if you know you're going to do this and you don't do it as soon as possible. So, um, I guess we'll see um, who the interim head coach is. But um, okay, so uh, apologies to the listeners for kind of having this discussion twice, but uh, it did pop up in the middle of the game. Uh, next up, Brandon. The Chicago Bears are visiting the Cleveland Browns. And the Browns are only three-point home favorites. Uh, Steven mentioned the Bears defense. The Montez sweat trade kind of looks pretty legit right now for the Bears. I mean, like mm. the defense mm. is on the rise. There. No. It it does. I mean, you no. gotta give it it certainly looks better than the Chase Claypool trade, although I get that that's not difficult to okay, do. Okay, it's nothing. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I I'm not like in on the Bears or back in on the Bears, but like they have been mildly impressive. You gotta give them that.
2: I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad player, but I'm saying that it's still a lot to give up between the draft capital and the contract for that kind of player. Um, in any case, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm still fading the Bears, even though they won, and Joe Flacco, he's cooking, he's out there, but more importantly, that Browns defense, obviously, is just incredibly legit, as it should be under Jim Schwartz. So, yeah, I like, I like the Browns vibes a lot. Um, give me Cleveland.
1: I think um, I'm going to keep riding I'm with the Bears it. here. Um, I do agree with VLG that I think it's a bad process to trade high-end draft picks just to make somebody one of the highest-paid players at their position in the NFL. Uh, but Montez Sweat has been fantastic since coming to the Bears. I just wish Ryan Poles would stop just throwing away second-round draft picks for no reason. Um, but I, I think the Bears are in a really great spot here because justin fields it it seems like he's probably not going to be their quarterback they're going to have the number one overall pick unless carolina all of a sudden goes on a run the last month of the season (laughs) and so it's actually really interesting here because justin fields could try to put together some really strong performances and the bears aren't going to be hurting themselves they're still going to have the number one overall pick and likely like another top 10 pick in their own draft pick so Mm it's a good situation for fields to try to really showcase himself and say, like, if you want to trade for me, like I am a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL and going against this Browns defense, which is really good. It's been great all year, but they're really banged up right now. Um, They just put a couple of players on IR this week and they've been dealing with a lot of injuries that I think has slowed them down a little bit over the last few weeks. And you know, Flacco has been good. And that's another cool storyline of this NFL season. But I just kind of like where the Bears are at right now with that defense, mm. with the way Justin Fields is playing.
0: Um, so I- I'm going to go with the Bears here, even in a tough matchup. Mm. Steven and I have always been simpatico on the Bears and on Justin Fields. Um, I know that you hate him with the fire of a thousand suns, Brandon. But, um, I hate him.
2: I don't think he's good.
0: I um I last week ahead of uh, week 14 action, I benched CJ Stroud. And he unfortunately got hurt in my fantasy league of record. And I went with Justin Fields just because I was really afraid of the Jets matchup. Um, and that worked out really nicely for me. But, like, the thought born in my mind as as Fields was going off, quote-unquote, um, at least from a fantasy sense, was, oh, this is about to happen. Like, Justin Fields is about to, like, return to, like, fantasy form and give enough mm. people enough reason to hype him up in the offseason. Like, he's going to create the chaos because they're going to have the number one overall pick. We are totally destined for the, like, the Justin Fields versus Bryce Young conversation that we got last year. It's gonna be we're we're about to have that again. I mean, I would think it would be silly for the Bears to hold on to Justin Fields, but my point is like he's about to make it a thing. I'm gonna take the Bears too. Brandon, pack your crap and get in the icebox.
2: Fun fact about the ice box.
0: Winter is coming. A burr! I'm in the ice box. Wouldn't it just be the most like, of course, thing, Stephen, for Justin Fields to light up the Browns defense and for people to be like, look, the Browns had the best defense in the NFL and Justin Fields tore them apart. Yeah, but I, they're really banged up right now, so I don't think I would read that much into it. Steven, just be cool, man. Just be cool. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, the Atlanta Falcons are visiting the aforementioned worst team in the NFL in the Carolina Panthers. Panthers three-point mm. home dogs There's, to there's a no, really gross Falcons team. There's, <laughs> there's no point in...
2: Yeah, it's exactly. uh, Falcons minus three.
0: I will
1: also take the Falcons um, not because I have any faith in them whatsoever, mm-hmm. but because they're just better than the Panthers. Yes.
0: Yeah, uh, it's kind of a group zap. Like, I don't think any of us really <laughs> want to talk about this game. Um, I'll take the Falcons, although I feel really uncomfortable laying three points. But the Panthers oddly make me feel a little bit better about that. Um, okay, uh, Stephen, the Buccaneers are at Lambeau Field, where the Packers are coming off of that horrible Tommy DeVito humbly. Uh, they are three and a half point favorites at home, so just barely favored uh, technically against the Bucks. Where are you going?
1: I'm going to go with the Packers in this one. Cause I feel like I, I put a little too much faith in the bucks over the last few weeks and they keep letting me down. Um, but also I, I think what we saw last week, one giants defense has been playing a lot better. That's what's helped them uh, put this streak of wins together, but also the Packers were playing a little bit above their heads probably. But I, I think, I think they are a talented team. They're a very young team that is prone to mistakes, And last week, we just saw them make a bunch of mistakes like young football teams do. So they came back down to earth a little bit. But I still like the way that they're moving in the direction that they're going in. And Tampa Bay just traveling on the road in Green Bay. Like, I I think you're going to get a better version of the Packers this week. So I'll go with Green Bay.
2: Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers here. I I agree with what Steven said. I think that wasn't necessarily a loss. That means the Packers are back to being frauds. I think they just ran into a team giants team that's been hot and has something going on they're on the road um they return to home here they're taking on a bucks team that's won two in a row the bucks really about to win three in a row in lambo i don't like that as much i think the packers win maybe the bucks cover maybe it's a three-point game but i'll i'm gonna side with the packers and say they cover
0: yeah i'm with you both um i don't know if i think the bucks are gonna win the nfc south i can't quite make up my mind um but oh, well, if way, not I'm them the who <laughs>
1: I'd rather see them me, in the playoffs than the Saints. Or the I would,
0: too. I would, too. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really difficult to to imagine taking them in this game. All right. The Houston Texans are uh, visiting the Tennessee Titans on Sunday afternoon. The Titans are three-point standard home favorites. The CJ Stroud of it all, uh, the Will Anderson of it all, just kind of a tough scene for the Texans. BLG, you are um, a fan of pettiness. Um, are you aware that the Titans are wearing their Oilers throwbacks in this game against Houston?
2: I was not, but um, good for them. Although it is weird that they are allowed to wear those. So don't love that part of it. I don't but, think it's
0: weird at all. I think this is so dumb when Texans fans get mad about this. It's like the franchise moved. I understand that a new one was born, but like that is the franchise. You can hate that all you want. but weird like
2: though. It's it's a connection to a different city. It's strange.
0: Whatever. I, do you I think appreciate the, the
2: Do you think the Ravens should be able to wear Browns throwback jerseys?
0: No, because the city of Cleveland Why fought not? for that. Because the city of Cleveland fought for that. That's Houston's fault for not fighting for that. I mean, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like fight for your your things if it means that much to you. So, I mean, again, kudos to the Browns. You know, I guess ownership or whatever. Or not ownership. Uh, the, again, the city for maintaining their city pride, which Houston did not do with the Oilers.
2: But what do you think? I think uh, you know Ray Brol has that team fighting. Will Levis? There's something to him. He has some. There's something there. There's something there to him and I'm not going to trust in the Texans minus CJ Stroud.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't want to pick the Titans here like coming off of that huge upset win, I feel like this would be a perfect letdown spot for them if CJ Stroud was playing right, but with Davis Mills is the quarterback. I, no. I just think that Tennessee is going to give him too many problems. So I'll go with the Titans.
0: I worry that we're like trusting the Titans a little bit too much, but it's kind of hard to trust anything else in this game. Um, I'm, I'm bummed because this this might be the like end of Houston's playoff chances if they lose this game, depending on right. how everything in the AFC breaks this week. Um, and I, I really do want to see CJ Stroud in the playoffs, but it just might not be in the cards this year. I think, I think the responsible thing to do is to take the Titans, so I will do so as well. Um, That takes us to the San Francisco 49ers, Stephen, who are visiting the Arizona Cardinals. The Niners are 12-point favorites on the road, although they've technically played some home games in that building before.
1: I'm going to take the 49ers, obviously, but this does (laughs) kind of feel like one of those games where San Francisco has just had a rough schedule lately, but they're on this incredible run where they're absolutely dominating, and it's a division opponent, which... Mm -hmm tends to get overlooked. Like these games are always weird. It feels like, and, and it feels like, you know, San Francisco should just totally dominate the Cardinals, but I wouldn't be shocked if this game wound up being a little bit closer than you think it's going to be. But at the end of the day, when the 49ers are healthy, they're just so dominant. And whether, whether you believe Brock Purdy's an MVP candidate or not, like everyone around him is healthy right now and just playing absolutely out of their mind. So, I'll take the 49ers and the points but i wouldn't be shocked if this game's a little bit closer than we think it's gonna be
2: are you guys familiar with the um you know the difference between like hurricane or tornado like watch versus warning like watch is when like there's there hasn't necessarily been a hurricane or tornado spotted but the conditions are ripe for one so there could be so like a, a watch would precede the warning like the warning means there's been one actually spotted I don't think we're in warning territory for an upset. Like there's been no upset spotted. This is really good. Well done. Spotted. (laughs) But there is a, this is the conditions are right for a trap game here in the sense that 49ers, as Steven mentioned, have been coming off some big games against the Seahawks and then the Eagles Seahawks again, and then they get the Ravens on Christmas next week. So is it possible that they overlook the Cardinals who upset, um, obviously the Cowboys uh, in their own building earlier this year? I think it's the, the conditions are there. The Cardinals are coming off a bye, too. Maybe they're well-rested, and they have a lot of energy here. So I don't feel super confident in taking the Niners to cover. I do think they win because they're a superior team, obviously, and there isn't just a whole lot to hang your head on with the Cardinals. But I do think it won't be a trap game for the 49ers, but it could be. The The potential exists. Just to clarify,
0: it seemed like the Cowboys lost to Arizona at AT&T State. That was in Arizona. Um, no, I, I well, if I said that, it I was it was just it, weird the way you phrased it. Um, well, like in this of, building. <laughs> okay, this building. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, the Cardinals are playing. I agree with you. I've been trying to manifest very selfishly the Cardinals to become like an NFC playoff picture disruptor over the, these final Spoiler. four weeks because they, they, yeah. Cause they play San Francisco obviously in this game and then they visit Philadelphia in two weeks. And I think we all agree, obviously Kyler Murray, you know, has the potential to have like a, you know, crazy, whatever game and, and do that, you know, against anybody mm-hmm. just kind of because of who he is. Um, but yeah, coming off the buy um, I'm not going to do it myself, but I do think this has the, like, I think we could all look back and be like, Oh, I should have taken the points or I should like, it was, exactly. it was obvious in, in plain sight. Uh, but I'm just, I'm definitely not that brave. The Niners are, they, they really do look unstoppable. And so um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna test that this week, but um, I'm glad we at least had the conversation. Um, okay. The Washington commanders, uh, Stephen are in LA uh, the house that Brandon Staley built uh, to visit the Rams. <laughs> Uh, and the Rams are six and a half point favorites coming off of one of the more impressive losses that any team in the NFL has had this season.
1: I really love the direction the Rams are, are going in right now. And they're fun to watch. And Matthew Stafford is just playing out of his mind. Like the NFL is better when Matthew Stafford is a hundred percent healthy, just throwing lasers all over the football field. And you know, the commanders are coming off of a buy, but like, them coming off of a bye doesn't really do anything for me. Like, if the commanders didn't play a regular season game the rest of the year, I wouldn't even notice. Like, that's just how forgettable they are for the most part. Um, so, I- I'm going to take the Rams here. Uh, the Rams still firmly in the playoff mix, like fighting for their lives and coming off that tough loss uh, against the Ravens, where they put everything out on the field, like totally deserved to win that football game if it wasn't for uh, an incredible play at the end in overtime. So I, I really like what the Rams are doing. I-, I don't have any faith in Sam Howell and the commanders even coming off of a bye. I, I just don't think they've got anything really for what Matthew Stafford is doing right now. And their secondary has been
2: torched by
1: everybody this season. So I think this is a big game for Matthew Stafford.
2: Yeah, I think about, you know, A.J. Brown going off against the Commanders. I think about Tyree Kill and the Dolphins just having their way with them the last time we saw them. And I just can't take the Rams to lose this one. I, I will say the Rams coming off that emotional game and overtime and the Commanders coming off the bye. Maybe that makes me a little bit nervous that they're just a little bit, you know, tired or sluggish. But no, I'm going to take the Rams.
0: Um, Kind of the opposite way or opposite thing of the Cardinals where they have a chance to be a playoff spoiler. I don't think the commanders have any interest in that. I think um, like in Brandon's case, obviously rooting against the Niners and the Cowboys. um, I think the commanders are just like easy wins. They're like, they're not, they're uh, like win record patterns for teams that are facing them. So Mm -hmm. the Rams really benefit from that as they're in the playoff mix, the Niners and Cowboys both still have to play the commanders before the regular season is over. So just, that's not a game you can count on if you're, you know, counting on the commanders to be a spoiler again, they should have fired on a bear. I hate to say that, but like, we, we should be seeing at the very least an Eric Bieniemy led team to learn about it. Like, I mean, it was a mistake and they're just hanging on for no reason. They're simply to your point, Steven, just existing. Uh, plus the, I am my worst fear right now outside of playing the Niners is that the Cowboys are the two seed and the Rams are the seven seed. I do not want to mm-hmm. see the Rams in the playoffs. I think they could be the first seven seed to win a playoff game in NFL history, but that's a few weeks away at this point. Um, so we're all taking the Rams. Good for us. The Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this was our same game parlay game. of course. Are visiting the buffalo bills on sunday Uh, i ran our Madden simulation behind you all um while this was going on if you can check that out on the blog on the boys youtube channel i don't know if you've seen this steven because it popped up while we've been recording but sean mcdermott ruled out both micah hyde and aj epinesa for this Mm -hmm. game for buffalo um so their beat up defense will have even less help on sunday against maybe the hottest quarterback in the nfl but the bills are still two-point home favorites
1: yeah. And I know the bills are coming off the big win against the chiefs, but I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. And I think the Cowboys win like by multiple scores. Wow. Um, like I know the bills are fighting for their playoff lives. I just think that Dak Prescott is playing so well right now. And I just don't think the bills are going to have an answer for this Cowboys offense on defense. Uh Resul Douglas has stabilized the secondary a little bit, but just mentioned Micah Hyde's going to be a huge loss. They're just they're banged up on that side of the ball, and they just don't have the personnel that can match up with Jake Ferguson and, and CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks has it- been giving you a lot lately. Like Dak Prescott is just playing on another level, and I expect him to do the same thing this week against the Bills.
2: Where he has not been as good is on the road. And I saw an interesting article about that on FTN Fantasy titled where the Dak Prescott MV case is lacking. And if you look at like all the other MVP players from going back to uh, 2013 um, and even like the top candidates from this year he has the most stark like home road split out of all of those quarterbacks so i think that's worth noting here and in the same game parlay i do have him throwing the interception hasn't done that again in the last four games i think he's due just even if it's not his fault could be one of those tipped interceptions that he said he's not going to throw so i think go. the bills who are surging and not just for a wild card spot here but with the dolphins losing that game to the titans AFC East is back on the table for them, and I think they're pushing through. The Bills have had some bad luck this year. Everyone wants to say how the Eagles are worse, and fairly so, than their record indicates in terms of point differential and DVOA. Well, the Bills are on the other side of that coin, and I think they're due for some positive things uh, to go in their way, and I think the Bills win this one here at home. Um, the thing that I'm most afraid of in this game from a Cowboys perspective is Josh Allen.
0: Um, obviously, he can go supernova at any moment in time. Uh, but the thing that I'm most confident against is Sean McDermott. Uh, which is really strange and yeah. I know that the Bills had the big win last week in Kansas City Stephen uh, we didn't talk about <sighs> it but Brandon and I were uh, obviously getting set for Sunday Night Football and we were chatting and we were just destroying like the world was Sean McDermott for how he handled things uh, BLG pointed out at the end of the third quarter uh, and then on the positive mm-hmm. side of the two-minute warning and to act like this is like the first or the 10th time that Sean McDermott has done something stupid this season would be disingenuous. he had the are disingenuous, he had the end of the regulation situation against uh Philadelphia, Brandon, and then the icing of Jake Elliott yep. for no reason and burned a timeout. Like, we can point out all these like miscues that he's made. Uh, so yep. I really kind of trust him to open the door for the Cowboys to barge through. It's worth mentioning, and this I do think lends towards our legs, Brandon. Uh, the weather forecast for this has shifted a little bit, uh, 15 to 18 mile per hour winds projected right now. Uh, and an 80% chance of rain. Uh, I do think that certainly helps with the fumbles. Uh, so maybe not like a high scoring affair, but I'm kind of with you, Steven. I trust the Cowboys to to be in control in this game. I think they're just the more complete team right now, but this is definitely the game on the Cowboys schedule that's remaining that I'm most afraid of. Uh, so I'll take Dallas to win, uh, not in super comfortable fashion, but I certainly would rather you be right than me, which means, Brandon, you're going to the frozen tundra, uh, not the literal one, but this one yet again. Final on net. Fun fact about the ice box. Winter is coming. I'm in the icebox. Sunday Night Football, BLG, your guy, Dougie P, got embarrassed by Joe Flacco Mm. last week. Uh, And now he gets to turn around and face the OG Cleveland team in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, It's going to be hilarious in my mind when Lamar Jackson just runs all over your boy uh and makes you hate everything the ravens are again in duval uh and they are what three and a half point favorites right now the ravens have total and complete control in their hands for the one seed i mean last week was an amazing one for them and they go beat jacksonville and they improve their odds all the more
2: ravens are out for revenge after losing to the jags last year um, in what that was, what a final was like. If the Ravens miss a field goal at the end, or the Jags make a field goal, it came down to a field goal at the end, I believe. Uh, in a very entertaining, good game. Uh, I think the Ravens win this one. Unfortunately, for my guy, Doug Peterson, I just think the Jags just like they've had opportunities to just really seize the AFC or South here and take control or the AFC as a whole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yes. Uh, who did they lose to in prime time? Was that really bad loss? With the Bengals? Yeah. Like when yeah. at the time they lost to the Bengals. Well, like, Trevor
0: like, got hurt. I mean, that was tough, but I mean
2: sure. But I'm saying like they that game was an opportunity to like take control of the conference and at home Monday night football for the first time in years, and they just they haven't done that. So I can't give them the benefit of the doubt here. Uh Lamar Jackson should be the MVP. Ravens win.
1: <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna go with the Ravens here. Um it's I, I mean Trevor just didn't look totally healthy. And I kind of felt like they should have given him a week off Mm -hmm. last week instead of trying to rush him back because they're, they're scared about and maybe felt like they were still in the running for the number one seed. And I I get that right now where a lot is being made about the AFC and like, it's totally wide open still. And I, I totally agree with that. Like the Ravens schedule remaining is brutal. It's Jacksonville this week, 49ers dolphins and then wrap things up with the Steelers and, We know those Raven Steelers games are always just toss ups like they're always just ugly, hard fought games that aren't really fun to watch. So it's a brutal stretch, but I really like everything that Baltimore is doing right now. And I I think this is an opportunity for them. Like, Well, I I think they could easily win this week. Um, And, you know, I'm not as confident against the 49ers because of everything that we've already mentioned about that team. But I feel like the Ravens aren't getting enough credit for how they've turned things on offensively because their defense has been so good this season and they should be recognized for that. And so I, I feel like everybody's like expecting Baltimore and Miami to kind of fumble things here at the end and give the chiefs uh, a window whereas not enough. People are talking about what if the Ravens just look dominant down the stretch here and easily take the number one seed in the AFC.
2: Hmm.
0: Um, my only other take about this is we don't need the NFL to clump together like primetime games for teams like they have done with the Jaguars. So. Like, Brandon you mentioned the Monday night game recently. And thankfully, Trevor Lawrence is all right. But like when you do that and then somebody gets hurt, like we're stuck. You know what I mean? For like a month True. with, you know, one team like like spread it out. You know, like that happened with the Giants earlier this season. Like we don't enjoy that. So be smart about it. That's all I'm
2: saying. Uh, finally, good, Monday That's a good point. No one's ever going to be like, we need more of this team. Again, like who's ever saying that? Even yeah, that like seems good.
0: And I'm not saying take the like the Sunday night game away from Baltimore or Jacksonville, but you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like just, you know, we don't need like one team in our face a lot at one moment in time. That right. is not cool. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, that takes us to the final game of the week. Monday night football. Steven, this was the game flexed into your spot. So congratulations on getting to watch it in a chill sense. Ah. Uh, the uh, Philadelphia yeah. Eagles are traveling all the way across the country to take on the Seattle Seahawks. This line dropped down. We had uh, it originally as Philadelphia as four-point favorites. They are now three-point favorites on the road. Steven, your thoughts on the Battle of the Green Birds?
1: Um, okay. I haven't checked the injury status on Geno Smith, so I don't really know what his issue is right now or if he's going to be available, but I will take the Eagles
2: to win this game and bounce back. I like it <laughs> regardless. I think the line did change because it did. It, there's been more certainty. It seems like Gino was practicing. Pete Carroll has indicated he seems like he's going to be able to play. Um, it seemed like that was the case anyway because, I mean, he was like a game time decision last week. It wasn't like, oh, he was definitely out. He came down to the wire, and they have the extra day, obviously, moving the game from Sunday to Monday. So, yeah, but, I mean, last time we saw Gino, he melted down at the end of the game against the Cowboys, and I think the Eagles – while they have struggled certainly i think they will bounce back i don't think they've been i don't think they are quite as bad as the team they've been the past two weeks i think they win this game um at minus at minus four and a half i would take the seahawks i think it could be a close game at minus three i'll take the eagles to win and cover
0: but you would take the just the points though you're saying
2: obviously i would take the points if it was at four and a half Cause so I think it could be like a field goal game, but I'm taking the Eagles to win. I'm gonna take the Eagles. It's I'm with you. It's
0: not a big enough line to make me um, take the points, but um, th- this is a, um, a bit of a mea culpa moment for the Eagles. I mean, this is a, like you're going to be one team after this. You're either going to be the team that responded and like, you know, picks up a little bit of steam or you're going to be the team that lost and like all hell is, is raining down on you. Uh, so I hope it's the latter personally um, for no particular reason. Uh, wow. Wow. This was a long show, and it was Brandon Staley's fault. So, (laughs) Stephen, what other recommendations do you have for us? It doesn't have to be movie-related. It can be anything you want, and then we leave.
2: Um, I watched Dumb Money this week. Uh, Zap. zap. (laughs) I'm zapping Stephen's recommendations. Wow. TGIF. Uh...